0: Hello everybody and welcome, welcome, welcome to the people at home at, and welcome to the people here in New York. So thank you so much for coming. So we're in Parashat Shoftim. Parashat Shoftim, as we know, this is the parasha, I mean, Shoftim in judge, you know, judge. And it says Shoftim ve Shotrim, you should put in every gate. Now Shoftim means judges, Shotrim means police. So we have two type of forces that need to be there uh, when we make a court case or police case and whatever that we, we need to do. But according to Hasidut, Michael thank you. According to Hasidut or Kabbalah, everything has a different meaning. What is, what is that judges and police? So the way they look into it, they look into it as if this is basically, you know, the five senses, your eyes, your ears, those are the shatrim, those are the judges. So when you put the the judges in, in your eyes, in the shatrim, what is the judge does? He judge, he judge if, if the situation is positive or negative. What is the police does? Police is uh, Paul. the one who manifests what the judge say to do. So he's more uh, tough, more dinim. And the idea is that the five senses, if we think about it, it's very important to have five senses, we're using it all the time. But sometimes the five senses are, um, I think a lot of times, they're misleading us. We, we see somebody to seem perfect and they're not. Or we see somebody to be like homeless, but they're actually righteous. So we, we don't know. So the five senses can be kind of bribing us. And that's why it's a lotikach shochad. So the way we look at the parasha, we don't look at the parasha just as it's written. Shotrim, Shoftim, policemen and judges. We don't look at the parasha like only from a point of uh, uh, shochad that you pay bribe to the judge and then he he, he favor you or to the police. We look at things from a point that you can basically be bribed by your own senses. When you look at things, when you are judging people, you got to be careful. Now, why is this parasha always is before Rosh Chodesh Elul. We know that the month of Elul is coming. And in the month of Elul, according to Rabbi Isaac Luria, Ariya Kadosh, he write in Bet. he write in the beginning before the month of Elul, he writes like this, he say, as you're approaching the month of Elul, meaning as you, like now, where Wednesday night is Rosh Chodesh, so as we're approaching the month of Elul, a person has to be careful from Akpada the Kaas. Two ingredients to make it to Rosh Hashanah. Akpada means being meticulous. Kaas is anger. Two things in the mass of Elul, you have to be careful not to do. Now, normally, the people who are born under the influence of the Virgo, what we call Virgo, we're gonna give a lecture this Thursday, are usually uh, more uh, detail-oriented people. They are the Mohalim, they are the ones who do Brit, they are the ones who write uh, Mezuzot, sefer Torah. They, 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 they have that capability. They see details. So the idea, as you approach the Mass of Elul, meaning right now, lower your eyes. Don't judge. Don't judge other people. You want to judge yourself, you want to see what's wrong with you? Work on that. Second thing, don't be too meticulous in people you know. I don't know about you. But sometimes we, me, I can talk about myself, I can be too meticulous about details that are not so important at that moment, but I can be detail-oriented person for myself or with people around me. And Dari said, Rabbi Isaac Luria, say, please don't do it from this point on, at least to Yom Kippur, at least to Yom Kippur, don't correct people. Now, again, it's not an easy task. It's not an easy task. And that's what Parashat Shoftim will always be before the month of Elul. It's not an easy task. Again, when you try doing it and you fail, don't hate yourself. It's it's not easy. So don't be too meticulous on yourself as well. And especially with people that you love. Especially with people that you care about. Okay? Lo akpada velo kas. Now, I will share with you a story maybe that sometimes when you tell a story, the story kind of stays with you. And it helps you to understand how powerful and how needed is not to judge and not to be too meticulous, not to be angry. The story goes, it's it's about a a young man who was very talented in the study of Torah, but also super talented in business. And that young man, super good looking, smart, everything. So when he's already 17, he's already studied the Sha'as, he studied Kabbalah, he studied so many things, he was like, wow. And the rabbis all love him in the village. It was it. The village was a very poor village, not, not a lot of money, not a lot of food. But it was a good village for study the Torah. As he growing up, they realized his genius in business as well. So in that village was a very beautiful uh, land that they tried to buy. But it was a lady, a very vicious lady, that didn't like Jewish people very much. So she made it very difficult. For, for the people to make it, to any spiritual people, religious people to make it. They decided together that we have this young man who is very wise. He can get us this piece of land in a good price. And then we can build homes, we can build the mikveh, we can build different things. So they sent him. And he started to get friendly with her, he started to negotiate. And slowly, slowly, he got the deal. He got the deal, he gave them the land, they started building. But in the same time, he got friendly with her. He got very friendly with her. And she slowly, slowly got him out of spirituality. Slowly, slowly she got him out of spirituality. They got married. He was done with Torah. He was done with Kabbalah. He was done with Talmud. He was done with everything. And he went with her. In the same time, she convinced him it's time to take the land back from them. They didn't pay the right price. And they become a little bit vicious for the Jewish neighbors. And... Everybody started hating this guy, hating him, hating his wife, hating everything about him. Years later, much, 20 years later, this guy is walking in a marketplace. And he realized that he forgot that it's Yom Kippur. You see everybody, all the Jewish people are wrapping up the business and they go into Yom Kippur. Everybody gets ready. They go mikveh. And it reminds them that he was once... That Jewish person, that close to the old rabbi, he was one, once was that one who knew everything. And uh, it was sad. It was a spiritual awakening for him. But he didn't know what to do. So he remembered that there was a Kabbalist in that village that was always teaching him at night. So he said, I know at night these Kabbalists wake up. I'm going to go knock on the door and he will help me. So he goes and knocks on the door of the Kabbalist. The company doesn't recognize him as much. Many years ago, and he said, "Yeah, come in. You want to study with me?" Said, yes. He said, "Yes." Is he walking? he said, "Before you teach me, I want to tell you who I am." So you remember, it was young guy. You said, ah, don't remind me that. That's broke my heart. It broke people die because of it. It was the nightmare of our village. So we, I don't want to talk about that guy." So you look at him and say, "Rabbi, that guy. It's me." The rabbi get angry and said to him, get out of here. I don't want to see your face anymore. I closed the door. The gentleman go back to his wife and he's crying. He doesn't know what to do, how to come back to spirituality, how to come back to the Torah. Very difficult. But he have some courage and he decided to come back one month later. He go again. Akshan, stavon. He knock on the door of the rabbi. The rabbi saw him. He said, we had a conversation on that. I can take you in. It's not about mercy or not mercy. You destroyed the whole village. I can't, I can't let that happen. It's not good for me, not good for you. Just get out of here. You, you, you don't understand? And he takes his, his stick, uh, his stuff that you're walking with, and he put it into the ground. And see so you see, the same that that piece of wood can no longer give flour, give almond, give fruit. The same is with you. You're done. Because the thing you did for this village, people die because of you. People lost their business. People lost everything. There's no hope for you. Okay? And the guy left crying. The morning, the rabbi wake up. And he go outside. He remember, he left his stuff there. He look at the stuff, and there is flour on it. There is fruit on it. The rabbi said, oh my God, what have I done? I judge that person so badly and Hashem, God, the creator, accept him. Shame on me. How can I judge him like that? So he starts saying, uh, where, where do I find him? Months go by. And he approached rabbi again. He came at night again. And as he knocked at the door, rabbi grabbed him and walk in. He said, My o oh, me, oh, mine. He said to him, How come you, now you welcome me? He said, There is a sign from above that definitely it was my bad, my mistake. Come in and we study Torah. I said, but what about my life? I don't know what to do. He said, I also don't know what to do. But let me tell you one thing. We study Torah together, something will happen. Something somehow will happen. I'm telling you the story because we are before the month of Elul. If there is one thing we cannot do, we cannot judge people, we cannot be meticulous on people, and we cannot get angry. I'm not saying we're going to make it this way. But I'm saying if we can do those Three things: it be promised to you that when you go to Rosh Hashanah in heaven, they look at you as if there is nothing wrong that you do. But if you go into Rosh Hashanah and you're judging people, and you're being too meticulous, and you be too angry, also the angel of heaven look at your case in a different way. There is a file on Rosh Hashanah; they take everybody's file. This year we're lucky, we're very lucky, because the first day of Rosh Hashanah, what we call Dina Kashia. It's on Shabbat. So it's a free ticket. But the second day, what's called Dina Rafia, this is on Sunday. So that's when we need to work very hard. Very hard. Whoever knows the Kavanot, whoever knows the meditation, whoever doesn't know, just see me and I will help you with that. What's to meditate? How to meditate on the Shofar. On the second day, we need to fight. If during the year, or at least during the month of Elul, you keep judging people, you keep getting angry with people, you keep being meticulous. even the people who hurt you, Unfortunately, the file that they're going to pull out is your negative file. But even in Elul, you are not looking, even in your family member. Remember, the Ari said, especially with your family member, which is very difficult, it's in your home. And people bother you, just, just 30 days, 30 days, we have to keep our mouth shut. We have to keep our eyes, ears, I don't want to know. You have to learn to do that. I don't want to know, I don't want to know. We talk later, after you keep. we talk. He'll see me after Yom people. because and and uh, I'm sorry to say it again, as Dari write, it's gonna happen. Meaning, opportunity will will approach you. Things will happen. Things will knock on your door. Remember this story as understanding that we cannot judge, or being meticulous, or being angry. Let's go now into directly to the Arizal, but before we go there, it's say Dari talk about. Uh, verse number eight in uh, Shoftim. it's a key. Okay. When it's been difficult for you to to make a decision uh, right from wrong, right from wrong, what do you need to do? Now the Pasuk go, if there is a court case and you don't know what to do between blood and blood meaning, people hurting each other, what exactly you need to be doing? So, Dari take it all to a different level of understanding. Dari doesn't take it into a place of just the way it's written, literally. No, Dari said, no, it's not what you think it is. And here we go, I'm going to read to you. I'm going to read to you. I'm going to put the time in front of me this time so I know when to start the meditation this time. Good. It says like this Amru Rabbot zal Bibi Drashot, Hadash. The angels of heaven ask God in the middle of the destruction of the temple. The angel asked, master of the world, you wrote in your own Torah, there is a rules in the Torah that when you slaughter an animal, you have to do kisui dam bafam. If we, those of you who ever did chicken for Kaparot, you should be doing it, but I'm not here to scare you, the, the animal lover, I'm, I'm not, not, but I do it, I usually do it if you want to know where and all this and that, we do we do that, and you do the chicken, and you have to do it at a specific time, it's, have to be it's about one hour before sunrise, uh, or not dawn, it's called And when you, the blood falls on the floor, you have to take afar, you have to do uh, sand, and you say, It's a bracha, you have to do it. It's, it's a achai, it's one of the alachod. And here, the Jewish people have been slaughtered by the Romans in the second temple, and nobody covered the, the, their blood. Hashem, you wrote it. The angel came in as a complaint. Say, so You wrote it in your Torah. betocha. Also, you wrote in your Torah, There is a rule, you cannot slaughter the cow and the child of the cow in the same day. Here it's written that they slaughtered the father and the, and the children in the same day. Look how many complain the angels of God came to him. It's written in your Torah, that if there is nega babayit, nega means like leprosy of the house. There is nega babayit. Meaning in the old days when they come to Eretz Kenan, when they move into the land of Israel, it was negaim. Negaim meaning that there is leprosy in the house. But the Zohar said, the Zohar write that, that negaim in Parashat that that negaim is actually a good sign. If you have some problem in your house, that means that the problem went for the stone. It didn't go for the people who lived there. So what does it say? It says that you have to empty the house and then burn the house or or destroy it. Here, your temple, Hashem. Your temple. They didn't let us take the stuff out. They just burn it and destroy it. So what do you think God will answer right now the people uh, not the people, the angels that ask him this question? What will be the answer for that? Amar lo Hu, klum, yes, shalom He tells the angel, I would like to ask you a question. Is there is peace in the world? In this world down there? Do you have peace among you? Look look at this. Like, it's almost like argument of gemara between between two groups. That's why it's very important for a person to study gemara because he will understand the argument that you can bring up there. O'il shalom, en God answers, say, en shalom? You have no peace down there, there is nothing there. In no. shalom, God answered to the angel. You have no shalom between people, you don't have to get along. In I don't need to tell you what's going on right now in Israel. Everybody's is this, Sephardic, uh, Ashkenazi, what do you call it? Uh, religious, not religious. Everybody starts with the opinion. Ramzala no at Torah, Tell them God in your in this week parasha. God God דבר This is God vartorah to the angel. He say this week parasha. He say if you will be wonder what to do about בֵּינַדָּמ לְדָם between blood to a blood. I know for damo He say from here will you learn about kisui uh, דָּמָה What you do with the blood? Bendin Ledin, I know תֹּבֵד no between judgment to judgment, and translate into between father and son. <speaking in Hebrew> meaning the thing that there is in the house. This <speaking> is. <in Hebrew> so in the Pasukhet, in uh, verse 8, you have all those three questions that the angel asked and all the three answers that God gave. <speaking in Hebrew> what is the continuation of the Pasukhet? <speaking in Hebrew> A talk of fight. A rivot is Lariv. Lariv. That's why it's called Rabbi. Rav. Rav is, is fighting. He's fighting with his inclination. That's why he's a Rabbi. A rabbi is not somebody with diploma. A rabbi is somebody who's fighting with his inclination. Yesh Rav, Yesh Raban, Yesh Rabi. The Zohar talk about Tikkunah Zohar. Tikkunah Zohar talk about what is Rav in tikun 21. So you push it out. You, you're kind of fighting it. That's Rav. Chuvale calls it Rivot de God is telling the angel you have fight in your own gate. Sorry. God answered to the angel, because of your fighting, and lack of peace, you are causing all this chaos. Meaning, God is trying to tell us something incredible through to the angel, as Rabbi Haim Vital explained it here. So listen, I want to give you everything. I'm a God of mercy. I'm the God of 13 midot, 13 attributes. But there is one thing that can prevent that blessing I want to give you. rivot You have too much fighting within your gate. You don't get along. You don't know how to create peace. So when you look at people who are, call themselves spiritual or religious or whatever you want to call, you have to ask one thing. Do you know how to make peace between people? You don't? Very nice. We're tzitzit. We're tritzitzit. We're talit. We're bik-kippah. Make the beard grow long, make a peot. Very nice. Do you know how to make peace? No. Katuv. So, my words. Katuf. And then the Pasuk continue. Pasuk tet. And then you're going to go and go to Jerusalem. Why Dafka, Jerusalem? Ir Shechubrala Yachdav. You want to know where you can find unity in Jerusalem? The last place where the Jewish people were friends and united was in Jerusalem. Last place. Last place. But how do you do it? We are not in Jerusalem. And we are, I mean, until you don't get out of the building, you still can think you're in Jerusalem. It's the five senses who mislead us, right? Say, I don't want a regular peace, Hashem said. There is peace between two people who eat hummus together. Everybody knows what hummus right? Or tahineh, or falafel, or sushi. How are you, Jonathan? Very good, George, very nice. Can you pass me the diet coke? Oh, yeah, that's nice. It's nice to meet you. I like your shirt. I like your jacket. No. It's not the real united. He say al atorah way You have to take two people, at least two people, who study Torah, and that's bringing them that unity we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for two people sitting, studying Torah together. Don't worry about it. Eventually, it will catch up. This is the secret. Hashem gave us the Torah. Why? Why in every Masechet that you finish today, we have Senor Sofer, who did the Siyum, Baruch Hashem, for everybody, and uh, Masechet Gitin, thank you very much, and you know, usually when you finish Pasechet, you have to say that Hashem Yevarechet Amo Bashalom. You have to say that pasuk. You have to say, Lo matza, Baruchu, kli mechzik shalom. Hashem didn't find a better vessel, better vessel, that old blessing for Am Israel than what? Shalom. Shalom. Such a simple word. And this is the one thing. For some reason, we have a difficult time to to bring it to the universe. We don't know how to get along, and we always have reason. I mean, let's try, and I'm going to give you a challenge for the Mass of Elul. I'll give you a challenge. We we have a dream. I have a dream. My personal, I have a dream, is get the old rabbi of Side together in one room and make the Rosh Hashanah together. Let's do it. Let's do it. No more you, me, this. Everybody together unite. That will be a challenge somehow. No more territory. We got to bring John Lennon from, from the grave. He has that song, no more country or no more border. He have uh, words like this. Uh, no more country, no more words. Imagine, Imagine this thesis. No more uh, this, the limitation. Difficult. Difficult. We got to bring together. When we talk together, we, all, we love all mitzvot. We love mitzvot. Oh, what a wonderful mitzvah. But can we do, when I read it, I said, I have to share it. Because this is God's words to the angel. It cannot be more than that. He's telling us what to do. He's telling us. You have to find unification between you. That's it. I don't ask you for a lot. And that's the one thing which is very difficult to do. Let's continue with that with that idea. I'm, I'm so excited that I shared that with you. You have no idea, this is input. The second part is how to get there. We need to find out how to get there. Let's say we know we, we lost. We know it's difficult to bring people together. By the way, in LA, one, one Shabbat on Pico, I don't know if you know Los Angeles, they have this big street called Pico. They closed the street of Pico and they brought all the rabbis together. Of Alec. They make a long table in the entire street. Table for Shabbat. It was... Oh, it was done by a, a, a gentleman by the name of uh, uh, Ishai Gabai, God bless his soul. And he organized. He was pushing everybody. And they put tables after table after table after table. And everybody ate together. The police was surrounding the, the, the whole area. And then you, you walk in there. Mashiach. Ganeden. this is uh, this is it, Betamikdash. <laughs> <laughs> Kultov, that's the goal. That's the goal. Just want to share that with you. Anyway, another mitzvah that has been written in this week, parasha, you should read this parasha because there are so many beautiful mitzvot, is Melech. To put Melech, usually you need to know that Bne Israel, the king of Bnei Israel, of the Israelite, is God. We're not supposed to have king, but in one point the Israelite, the Jewish people, decided that they want king like other nations. I don't know if you know the story. And they came to Shmuel, to Samuel, the prophet, they said, we want a king too. We want a king. We want a king. Almost like people holding a baseball uh, card. I also want that. I want that. I want that. So they choose Shaul, a king by the name of Shaul, King Saul. I'm sorry, in English it's called Saul. King Saul. So the mitzvot of how a king should behave in a Jewish religion, there's a very different idea of kings from every other religion. If you go to England, they have king, I think Sweden have still king. There is still country who have kings. No, no, you no, no use for them, but they're king. They put them there and they sit on the chair and they feed them with some food and the king. But in the old days, king used to be very important. They have decision, they are the judge, they are, I don't know, Louis the something, they have Louis this and Louis 16 and 17 and 18. You have like Almost like a good cognac with the years, how long it lasts. You know, it's true. The, there is Louis cognac like this. Uh, so that's how king used to be. When it comes to the Jewish king, a totally different rules. You need to remember, is not number one. That's the beginning of a king. You want to be a king of Israel? You're not number one. You study like everybody else Torah you have to do the mitzvot, you have to do everything, and you have to carry the book of Devarim, or the book of Azin, or two opinion with you wherever you go, and read it, Mishneh Torah. This is king of Israel. But there is one mitzvah which is, all rabbanim agree, a weird mitzvah they give the king to do. Very weird mitzvah. Lo yarbelo susim. First, who is the king? Who is the king in our days? Why do we need to read it? You are the king. After you're capable to bring peace between your brother and sister, you are the king. What are the initials of the word Belech? Rashet Moach, Lev, Kaved. Moach, Lev, Kaved. Meaning brain, heart, liver. The brain representing your spirituality. Your heart representing your emotionally, how you connect to God emotionally. And the kaved is your passion, your desire. Now, if it go the other way around, first your desire, then the heart, then the brain. In Hebrew, there is a word called klum. You are nothing. You are nothing. You are zero. If you go after your desire, then after your emotion, then after your spirituality, you're nothing. So what is the connection? And my son brought me... Uh, a very wonderful, to my opinion, Kabbalist, but my son called him a Hasid, but I think he's a Kabbalist. It's called Mea Shiloach. I don't know if you ever heard of Mea Shiloach. I think he's a Kabbalist. My son called him a Hasid. I don't care. We, for the peace reason, we, we agree on that. So it's a. So he doesn't take his people into Egypt. Now let's say you are the king now. I mean, queen, I'm sorry. Ladies, you're the queen. Kings and queen Don't have too many horses as king and queen, so you don't take the people back to Egypt. I don't think anybody here will live in New York City thinking about, mm, maybe I should move to Egypt. I never heard somebody in New York say, I think Egypt, the real estate is kind of good. Next to the Nile, you know, why not? So what is that Mitzrayim? Let's understand Mitzrayim. The word Mitzrayim comes from the word Tsar Tsar Nero. Narrow-minded, like narrow-minded. The word paro, paro, pharaoh. What is paro orif? The results call it orif. Orif is the neck. It's the narrow part of your body. If you don't have time to wear a pants, you go into Macy's, you want to buy a pants, you can know your size based on the neck. I can teach you after that how to do it. You can exactly know the size of your neck. You don't know that? I can teach you that. This is how you measure. Yeah, exactly. It's simple. Everybody knows that. So those of you in a rush put the pants, uh, you know exactly, because that's the narrow part of your body, that's the narrow part of your body, and that's why Pharaoh was holding the Jewish people in the neck, in the neck, that's where he's holding us, that's why Ashkenazi usually put uh, a chicken uh, uh, neck uh, on the, on the, uh, on the, on the plate, set the plate, and burn it, burn the, the Pharaoh, but we're not going to go into Kabbalah too much now. So what is Meashiloch white? About the king, again, you're all king and queen, don't forget. It's a lot of sufun la shuba odd. be You wanna know what is a king and a queen? Don't get used to something you enjoy too much that you can let it go. Can't let it go. When I came to America first, I remember they invited me to a restaurant. I didn't know the rulings in America, how you're supposed to behave, manners of tables. In my country, at least the way I grew up, when you go to a restaurant, everybody orders a small dessert for themselves. So what happened? We are sitting around the table and somebody ordered dessert. I didn't understand that concept for everybody. And it was my favorite dessert. It's called uh, creme brulee. I don't know if you know what it is. Uh, It's a French dessert. I think it's was created in heaven and then it came down here, you know. And it used to be a restaurant. It's before your time. Maybe it's called my favorite dessert. It used to be on forty something. It was only dessert in the beginning. It was only dessert. Then it became a restaurant. I don't know if it exists, but many years ago. So I remember uh, they, they, they put the creme brulee. It's kind of big, and there is spoon. And you know me with my little addiction. I put the spoon in and slowly put the plate a little bit closer to me, and I start digging. Because I don't understand why people are waiting at all. Something it's going to get cold, and I'm eating, and I'm eating. And I remember the person next to me was a nutrition. And he said to me, you really love sugar. I said, no, I don't think I love sugar, but I love that. Whatever is that, I love it. He said, Sometimes there is good things that happen in your life, but you can't let it go. So what do you do? And I'm taking it in now to Rabbi Uda Ashlag, a founder of all the Kabbalah of our time. And Rabbi Uda Ashlag is everything that I spread in my study, in my YouTube, and everything else based on the knowledge of Rabbi Uda Ashlag. They call him Balasulam. And look what he writes about that pleasure that we can't let go sometimes. The Incha Motse, Incha with A, you will find. You want to know what moves you? Pleasure move you. When you know where pleasure is, that's where you go. You see where there is cake. You see where you can be recognized to be a great person. That's what moves us. You see this, the sushi. Some of you like salmon. Some of you like tuna. Some of you like spicy. It gives pleasure to you. So pleasure is how human beings are moving. When you look people in the street, right? In New York, you can do it. You can go a high building, high-rise building, look down. And you see like people moving like ants. They're moving. Where are they going? They're going to find their pleasure. Some going to eat, some going home, some going back to the children, some going to a doctor to find pleasure for the disease, to go away. is the father of all life. But, but, There is two types of pleasure, Rav Ashlak said. There is two types of pleasure. There is pleasure of a human being. There is a pleasure of an animal that we have within us. A pleasure of an animal that we have within us is when we are looking for pleasure that lasts for a moment. We need it now. We need to smoke a cigarette now. We need to have a cake now. We need other things now. We need recognition now. We need the girls that I'm dating to say that she loves me now. We need the guy that I'm dating to call me back and to say I'm interesting now. It's called taanug de Peruda, a pleasure of separation. As anu motzim bodina makom la'kui I will give you an example. Sarah Vashlag. Somebody has issue with his skin. Mosquito. A cut. Start eating it. That area forcing you to scratch it a little bit. you got to scratch it a little bit. Mosquito. There is a little pleasure in it. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, it's great. That act of scratching it. You're getting a reward for that. You feel good. You feel like you have to chase that. You can't stop. You got to do it more and more. With this, this pleasure, there is a drug of death within this little pleasure. If the person cannot control his inclination, his negativity, and you feel like you have to pay to what been asked you, when the skin asks you to scratch it, It's a beautiful language in Hebrew. I wish I can translate it that good. Then you find out that your payment getting worse every second that you scratch it. Your payment getting worse and worse. As much as pleasure that you have from scratching, More and more and more, it's getting worse and worse and worse. More pleasure you have? More payment, you gotta pray. Then that whatever used to be pleasure become painful. And as you want to cure it, it gets worse. You want to scratch it even more. If you cannot control yourself, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Until it gives you that drug of death, that poison your entire blood. And it's found that he died from that little pleasure that satisfied him or her. Because that type of pleasure is a pleasure of an animal kingdom within us that we cannot let go. It's momentarily pleasure that is belong only to part of you to the hand, to the skin, to the leg, very little part. So, this is how the Samech the dark side, is operating. What do we learn from that, my friend? We learn from that, that as we develop that point of the king, remember the king, the old cause of the king, not to go back to Egypt. I mean, some of you still believe, I'm sure when you do Pesach, that the Jewish were a slave in Egypt. I'm sure you believe in that, right? Yes, of course, yes. Of course. I mean, what kind of slave say, uh, let's go back? The entire time with Moses, let's go back. Let's go back. What kind of slave says say? We remember the watermelon, the onion. It was chinam. Look at the If you don't believe me, go to the Torah. Chinam. Egypt was free. You don't have membership. It was free onion, free watermelon, food stamp. It was great. It was amazing. That's not a slavery that you would be thinking about. You know what type of slavery it's similar. Those of you familiar with addiction or twelve step, it was similar to the idea of addiction. We were avadim, we were avadim to the concept. Not like a lot of people try to look at the history channel. Where can you find a Jew building the pyramid? <laughs> well, it's gonna be that slavery. No, no, no. It was much worse, way worse. It was in the mind. We couldn't let go. So for Moses to get us out of Egypt through the words of God, you know how difficult it needs to be? It needs to hit Pharaoh 10 levels, which 10 levels in Kabbalah called 10 sefirot. Each, each level, each level of hitting from the blood till makat bechorot is to remove this influence of Pharaoh on us, that addiction, that slavery. And for that reason, Ravashlak Ashlag writes to us something incredible. Rabbi Ashlag is telling us, I want to be a king. It wouldn't be a queen like Mea Shiloh is writing to us. You need first to think about Egypt. Where is your Egypt? Where is your Egypt? What type of Egypt do you have? What are you addicted to? Addiction, it doesn't have to be drugs or food. Addiction can be recognition. Some of us, we live for recognition, especially now in society, I mean, where Facebook, Instagram, uh, what's the other one, TikTok, and, and all the other incredible stuff. And it's incredible. Somebody put like to you, you feel like, finally, finally, I'm trying so hard, I got like, I got one like. This is time for me to recognize. Recognition is addiction. Approval is addiction. As a father, I want my children to approve of me as a father. As a kid, I want my father approval. It's, an, it's, it's, it's all day long that's also an addiction so the Mitzrayim the whole idea of Mitzrayim it is something not just a physical place it's more than a physical place I want to take you just to uh, one part in the end of the parasha they talk about it's talking about if you found a dead body between two cities and you don't know who killed that person you measure from the belly button, some people say different opinion, the distance to the closest city. And once you, let's say here it will be five mile, here it will be on the left, four and a half mile. You bring the alder, you bring the old people from that town, and they have to admit that they didn't kill that person. They have to stand in front of the body, and after they slaughter a female calf, OK? And they say, Yadenu, lo, shafray, Our hand didn't spill that blood. Why? Why? Because as a king and queen, there is three levels to be king and queen. One level, definitely not king and queen, it's called oblivious. No idea, I'm not responsible. It's not my problem. Oblivious. Second level, responsible. That's a good level already. I'm responsible for what I do wrong, but what my brother and sister do wrong, not my problem. The Torah wants you to be more than that. The Torah wants you to be like what it says in Chagiga: "En Mosrim sitre Torah Ela Doeg." The Torah wants you to be a real king, a real queen. The Aga No coincidence. The is the same gematria as Ahava, love and caring is the same level. Gematria in 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 Ibu, uh, you're gonna care. What is to care? To care is to watch all your brother and sister, how are they doing? Are they doing okay? They spill something, it's okay if you clean it. I gave that lecture to the <laughs> girls in Stern, some of them on vacation in Israel. And I tell them, you know, they have roommates in, in college. They, they, what do you call it? Uh, uh, not camp. When you live together with somebody. The dorm. dorm. The dorm. So you live together in the room. And I said, sometimes when the girls do uh, forget something, It's not my problem. It is. It is. You're queen. You're king. Don't be oblivious. Don't be just responsible. You have to go third level. I care. I care for them and I care for me. That's the highest level. What happened? Why we need to slaughter a cow? Look what the Kabbalah is teaching us. From that cow that you slaughter, it will give birth, say, the Arizal. I'm going to read you from Dari, because it's beautiful. It gives birth to a tolat, to a worm. That worm, you understand worm with my accent? Worm, yes? Warm, Warm. not worm, room, okay? Okay, I want to make sure that sometimes with my accent, uh, I can confuse you. So it say that the, the worm itself, what we call in Hebrew, rima, rima, is born from that cow, and it's going to find the real killer who killed that person because they don't know who killed that person. And then that little worm is going inside the body of the killer, and that's how we die. So taking responsibility and care, my friend, is a very serious business. Whatever you do in your life, the way you drive, it's not enough. If you drive the way you want it, what are you think going to be in the street? Chaos. Accident. Why do you think you have view mirrors on right, on your left, in the middle? The way I grew up, just to let you know, we didn't have mirror on the right. That's a luxury. We never, I don't know how old I am, but the mirror on the right was achievement. I hardly had the mirror on my left. You know, I had, I had uh, sometimes on the left, sometimes only in the middle. It used to be shorter mirror. You have on the left, on the right in the middle. Now we have more. I think we have cameras that show you who's around you. If you have a Tesla, wherever you go, if something is beeping, you know you know what's going on around you. Totally awareness. That's not oblivious. That's not responsible. That's caring. What if you're going in the LIE and you live in Great Neck? There's traffic. Would you let another person go in front of you? I was in a in a uh, that that story, it's a true story, but it might sound an ego, but I have to tell it to you because it's a, it's a lesson. I was in the Upper West Side to pick up something from the pharmacy. And uh, behind me was a person who was waiting, but he's very nervous, sweating, <laughs> More, even more than that. I don't know what to do. I'm gonna be late for my work. I don't know what to do. I'm gonna be late for my work. And I'm looking, I'm thinking to myself, should I tell him now he can go in front of me? Should I wait for my turn and then tell him to go in front of me? I don't know when to tell it to him. So, and he kind of come in front of me, look at me, like he gave me the sign, like, you gotta do it. And, uh, and I'm wearing yarmulke, which is uh, maritime those of you know that mitzvah. So I said, why don't you please go in front of me? Ah, okay. You know, he forgot to say thank you, but I was happy that I was able to do that mitzvah in that neighborhood. Because wherever you do one mitzvah, that neighborhood, at that moment, get blessing. The angels come down and bring mercy to that neighborhood. Just to let you know, especially the mitzvah love the neighbor as thyself. So it's not just for you, it's for the whole neighborhood is being elevated at that moment. Sometimes you've got to give up justice for the sake of everybody else. Indeed, more to go there in front of me. We have to recognize it. So what's going to be for me? So I'm going to be delaying 15 minutes? In a dead more than me, that, those 15 minutes. At that minute, time, no problem. So he came in front of me. He left happy that he was able to get his medicine. He looked very nervous and he needed something very serious at the moment. I didn't know what it was, and I don't want to know. It's on my business. On my business. But what we need to do is a lot of time you have to care. Forget responsibility. Forget responsibility. Upgrade yourself into level of caring. You offer a chair to someone, don't do it because it's your job. Do it because you care. You offer a tea. Because you care. You offer food because you care. You you talk to someone, don't do it because it's your job, because you care. You welcome your customer into your shop, into whatever you do, because you care. You do it because it's your responsibility. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is you cut your achievement enough. You are an oblivious. I don't even want to tell you. This is not even nothing. You know, the Dari said that when a person go to Olamaba, when a person go to after he died to the upper world. It's a, those of you who know the Masechet Elu Metziot, the idea of what do you do with things that you find in the street? Do you pick it up and give it to the person who lost it? He said, when people not care about somebody's losting a gift or something, they don't look for it, which is, you don't have to do it. Elu Metziot You don't have to look for it and you do it anyway. That's how the creator takes care of your soul when you're up there. But when you don't care about nothing, it says that the creator also said, I can't find the soul, I don't know where is your soul, I'm sorry. Can't find your name on the list. Just understand that it's very important to care. We are not here to do our job. We are here to do other people's job as well. That's our caring. Let um, me just repeating what we did. And after this, I'll let you ask questions, and then we do a short meditation. So what we did today, we start by talking about uh, the whole idea of what is what you need to behave in Elul. We're going to talk more about it on Thursday. So, the whole idea of Elul, not to be too meticulous, not to be angry. Okay? We also talk about Shoftim Veshotrim, because Sharecha, Sharecha, the gate is not only physical gate, it's your five senses. The bribe of that five senses is they're bribing you to think something that it's not. So, be careful. All right? We also mention what the Ari talk, Rivoda is to be able to have peace. Between us and other people, otherwise we cannot bring the blessing of the Creator to dwell of us, to dwell on us. And then to achieve that, we have to think like kings and queen. To achieve that, we have to think like kings and queen. And how do we think like kings and queen? By acting in a way that uh, it's above our level. Don't go back to Egypt and be slave to your little addiction, which is like the scratch the ravash, like he's talking about. And in the end, we talk about. A real king, a real queen is really caring about everything, not just a little responsibility, the little thing that's not my job. I'm sorry, it's not my job, it's not my room. I'm not gonna clean it. Help your brother and sister, so the angel can take care of you as well. Any question before we go into a short meditation? Any question? Is everything clear? Can I have a question. Of course, yes, please. What is your name? I like to know everybody's. Oh, with a mic? Woo, look at the professional you become. Ha, <laughs> I like this mic. What's the name, Vivian? Vivian.
1: My name is Vivian, and I am from New York. Welcome um, to New York. You said that, uh, it's also for us as a Jew people that we were addicted to some, uh, yes. F- yes. the food and everything like that. It's not mentioned almost anywhere. Yes. Only to show us all this happens and all these mm-hmm. ten plagues were mostly for power to show him who was the, who was the God. So why we mention that about us? That's. It was mostly because of our food, Mitzrayim, and it's our food. addiction. It's my, my, my
0: issue
1: is the food. Yeah, I understand. I mean, our state of mind that we had yeah. in Egypt yeah. they didn't suffer. These Jewish they didn't. They were not slave, really. There.
0: Very good question. Very good question. Well, try to go back to your school before Kita Aleph, before the first time you hear this story, and try to read the Torah again and find out. What has been homer ve'levenim. Was it really happened? Yes. It's also happening in that way. But the Torah has four levels of understanding. It says, What are you talking about? The pshat. The pshat, it's true. Because it says, But when you read, according to Kabbalah, the story, it gives you a different meaning. It gives you a different angle. The Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, in Parashat Baalotcha, he writes that it's a shame for us to understand the Torah literally. Rabbi Shimon actually used the words exactly. He doesn't speak like that. He said, Tipach ucho. He said, May the person will die if he read the Torah as it is. That's what Rabbi Shimon said. Yeah. It's very scary, right? So why would he why do you write something? Like this Because he say Because it's making God look bad, that he has not a better story to write, just about Bil'am and about Parov. It seemed like not an important story. It seemed like a history channel. If the Torah is Torah Nitzchit, the Torah is eternal Torah, it has to be still give us education for today. What kind of education you will get by reading in a history book about our people in Egypt? You're not going to change you. Okay, Egypt. But if you understand more the meaning of it, what's what's hide behind the story, then you start to understand that there is something that you can do with it on a day-to-day life, how to get out of your own slavery. But of course, for this We need to study more. We need to study more. So there is the cup where you put the champagne and there is the champagne. If you look only to the pshat, to the story, it's like holding a cup. It's still true, but it's not the internal meaning. Everything has internal meaning, and everything has a chitoniyut. Chitoniyut is the story itself, but it's not just the story. There is a meaning to the story. And everything has a meaning. For example, levenim, where else the word Levenim is been mentioned? When they build the Migdal Babel, the Tower of Babel, said to us the Arizal, those are the same people being reincarnated into Egypt. Where, why they, they kill only the boys and not the girls in Egypt? There is meaning to everything. So those are the same people from Dora Mabul. The Ari go to every, every word, the Zohar go to every word of what is the true meaning of, of our Torah. And then the Torah become rich, become beautiful. <laughs> It's almost like to eat food without spices and with spices. So the Zohar, the Kabbalah, adds spices to it. It's, mm, it's very nice, kumin, ah, very nice. It brings the, the, food, the food out, okay? Thank you. Let's go to meditation. Because of time, then I have to go downstairs. All right. Uh, you want to hold it? I like this I like microphone. microphone. Guys, meditation or it bonenut. You can see me, Debbie, okay? Wonderful. Oh, thank you. So we know that it uh, bonenut, meaning to look into something. So most of the thing about breathing is when you breathe it's called avir, avir is similar to the word or, or avir, and or meaning light, so there is a light that coming directly from the ends of, from a very high place, it's going to different olamot, it's going to different levels, Adam Kadmon and all this olamot, until it comes into Asia, until it comes into this level. So it's going to different filter, different idea, and then it comes to our soul, and then it's influenced the body as well. Now because we're in Shoftim, I would like to take an idea, how to take a merciful angels that's surrounding us. Every person as a Malach Melitz every person born with an angel to take care of you. For the, from the moment you are born, wherever you go. If you give this angel a reason to help you, meaning you study good Torah, you help each other, you do has, you bring peace between people, that angel becomes strong. It's almost like you build them up. As more muscle, it can help you more, it can give you mass messages. But if you abuse the power, then the angel becomes small. That's what Dari explained, yeah, until the angel waiting for you. So we are, we are the one who are from uh, the angel. So today, those of you who never did it, I want you to meet your guardian angel, and I want you to take you on a journey. Usually that journey is supposed to take half an hour. We don't have that much time, so we do seven minutes, but i give you the short version of it. Hopefully you will be able to do it at home alone, okay? So what I want you to do, I want you to sit comfortable, as you wish, doesn't matter how you sit. Just focus first on your breathing, Make sure you have a smile on your face. It's activating a different level of energy. Do not let the lips go back to a sadness face. Make sure the, 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 the lips going to the side with a smile. And I want you to see yourself with your imagination, Badimion, in a place where you feel safe. a place that has running water there. It can be a river, it can be ocean lake, eh, whatever that makes you happy, a place where there is water and you feel comfortable. I want you to see yourself standing. And now I want you to imagine a way to cross that lake, that sea, that ocean from one piece of the land to another piece of land. If you're in the ocean, maybe there is an island there, (coughs) maybe there is a piece of land not too far, but I want you slowly, slowly to cross that water from one side to another. Focus on your breathing and use all your imagination to make it happen. Remember, the mind doesn't have a limitation, it's scattered. You can jump even and go to the other place. You can fly. You can use a boat, whatever it is that is helping you to cross. I want you to be able to feel the breathing of yourself, I want you to feel the wind and slowly, slowly cross that water to the other side. When you get to the other side, I want you to see a cave. That cave is light that coming through from the entrance and also from the hall that's above that. I want you to walk into that cave slowly, slowly. Do not rush, please. Turn right inside the cave, turn right again. and in the end of that little tunnel, turn left. There is a room there. I want you to sit there and focus on your breathing. While you're calling up your Malach, your guardian angel. I want you to feel within your body and soul respect and gratitude for that energy coming to visit you and guiding you. Prepare a question in a style of one question only, please. And ask something about your life, one question only. Please, don't worry if you think this is your mind to give you the answer, as the Arit teacher Rabbi Chaim Bital don't worry if you hear only your voice and not your angel voice just be there and ask questions you can ask i need to be guided on this or that matter choose one area that you need to be guided on and ask that question clearly but remember with your ah, with an awe, with respect and with gratitude The first answer you're going to get, it's a true answer. Do not try to change it. That's a real answer. It's the first answer you got. You have gratitude in your heart. You keep the smile on your face. Then you stand up, say thank you to your inner force of guardian angel and get out of that room, turn right, the end of the tunnel, turn left, and then turn left again. In front of you, there is water that you cross. You did well. Above you, you can hear birds that are chirping this time. Find your way back to the land. And when you get to the other side, remember the message that you got. Respect it, have gratitude, and think about it later. From this point on, every time that you need to know, you need help. Remember that short meditation I did with you and do it at home about 25 minutes long so you can connect to your inner soul. Can inhale and exhale as deep as you can, and slowly, slowly open your eyes. Luffy. Very good, very proud of you. Thank you so much for coming, everybody. It's amazing.